0: ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day.
1: Austin Abney, how are you, sir?
0: Good, good, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for coming on ATV Talk. I know things get a little hectic and we're all a little busy, but you know I really appreciate the time that you offered us.
2: Yeah, no problem. I uh, wouldn't miss it for the world.
1: That's great. How are things going back there?
2: Good, good. We're just uh, coming off the 2020 season here, kind of on our, our chill down for, this, for the year, um, getting some sponsorship stuff figured out um, and working.
1: So you're in the silly season.
2: Yes. Yes. Not my favorite part, but I I definitely enjoy it.
1: Yeah. It's never been a fun part for anybody, you know, because you're always having to work new deals or, you know, sponsorships are changing or you're re-upping, you know, sometimes you make big changes. It's, it's, it's pretty drastic. You know, I I personally, I personally don't, uh, don't like this time of the year with with the changing of teams and riders and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sponsorships. It's been a little easier this year. Um, I'm just, I'm finally starting to get into, um, having like, uh, personal relationship, not a personal relationship, but, um, you know, able to, to talk to a person versus just emailing. you know, the, their normal email that anyone would send in. I'm, I'm starting to be able to, to, to actually talk to, talk to people and, and get a relationship with them. So, um, you know, throughout the years, that's, uh, that's, that's finally helped out this year.
1: Oh, that's the biggest thing. The personal relationship that you can have with somebody in the industry is gold.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: The more people that you get to know, um, you know, the longer that you're around, it's just yep. so beneficial, you know?
2: Yep. For sure. That That's, um, and, and it's the hardest part too. Um, by getting, getting in contact with the right people and then, um, staying in contact with them throughout the whole year. And then, you know, working a deal out and, and going back and forth but uh you know like we talked a little bit earlier you know we say we hate it but it, it's all part of it. it it it's it's what we all enjoy
1: yeah i'm just the, you know let's let me build the bike let's go to the races let's do our thing you know yeah yeah don't give me paperwork and don't give me the rigor you know it's all worked out and somebody wrote it down over there you know where's my ex okay we're good you know i want to go to the races now.
2: Yep. Yep. If it worked like that, it would be great. But like I said, it's it's all part of the fun.
1: It used to. It really did. It really used to. You know, there would yep. be uh handshake deals and mm-hmm. your word was your bond and
2: um, you know, I Yeah, I, it's not I, like that right now.
1: I don't know what happened. Um maybe maybe it's just the evolution of time. I, I don't yeah. know. You know, but it, 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 it's changed a lot. You know, I've been around a hundred years or seems like, and, uh, you know, you could throw a stone in a pond and go, okay, that's what we're going to do. And that's, it's done. It's over. And that's what we're doing. And Mm -hmm. nobody changed. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, nobody changed.
2: Yeah. Well, even, I've even seen a pretty big difference from when I started in 2014, you know, we're trying to work out deals then, which I was back in C-class then, um, but it's even changed since then. And and some of the sponsorship, um, you know, some have gone up, some have gone down. Um, it's just, it's just what's kind of happened in the industry and it's got to deal with it and go.
0: Well,
1: you know, and if you talk sponsors, you know, it's always awesome when I bring my pops in to talk sponsors because the old school deal or the the, the real deal of it is when you're sponsored by somebody, you work for them. They're Mm -hmm. not directly paying you, but they are.
0: Because
2: yep.
1: Yep. If, if a company or an individual gives you something, they're taking food off of their dinner table and putting it on your dinner table. Yep. And, and that's most a good way
2: to put it. People,
1: well, most people don't realize that's exactly what it is. If you if you take an indep- a small independent company, XYZ motor builder or or mm-hmm. or ABC exhaust, and you put them on your bike because they gave them to you, and they're not a big player. Dude, that's yep. exactly what they're doing is they're, you know, they're taking yep. money from the kids' college fund and putting it in your fund,
0: basically. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yep.
1: And, and most people nowadays don't look at it that way.
2: No, no. It's a good way to look at it. It really is.
1: Well, um, it's a business and, and, you know, if I'm going to, if you and I are going to work a deal, the, the, the thing I'm going to tell you is, hey, you work for me indirectly now. The more pipes you sell at the end of the year, when we go to calculate how you did, I'm going to look at your results, but I'm not going to look at all of those. I'm going to look at, you know what? I had three pissed off clients call because he took them out in the first turn, but he sold (laughs) 42 pipes. Yeah. We're going to free up this deal. Send him, send him new gear.
2: Yeah. No. Yep. I, I get the- and social media has social media has had a huge impact on sponsorships like i said when I, when I started with all of it in c class days, there wasn't really anywhere in any of the applications or or on anyone's resumes saying you know, oh, I've got twenty thousand followers or oh, I've got five thousand followers but now that's that's almost one of the first things they want to see is you know what's your what's your instagram username what's your your facebook url what's um twitter blah 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 um that that's one of the first things they want to know. Um, I get and that's like I said that's that's changed huge over the last couple of years.
1: I, I get it because for this ATV talk, okay,
2: yep,
1: um, you have to have sponsors. Okay, I have. You, if you listen to the episodes, you'll hear some reads. Okay, we don't mm-hmm. have pay. I have a couple minuscule pay deals,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but my advertising agency that that helps me, um, yep. my daughter. <laughs> uh, said i am ahead of the curve i'm not six months old and i'm already getting a few little sponsorships i'm not old enough to get those sponsorships and we're already larger than we're supposed to be for our age
2: well that's good
1: oh good. Dude, it's it's up to it's all you guys it's all it's all. The yeah. It's all the people that are that are getting involved and the people that listen to it, that make it big. It, it's not about Well,
2: listen, this, this is what the, the sport needs. I mean, it's I hate to say it, but it's 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 dying. And, and that's the last thing we all want to see. Um,
1: it, it, OK, I, I, I agree and disagree because I yeah. work in the industry. Yeah. Our company is so busy right now. We can't I heard that too. We can't supply product, A, not because the, de- the demand is up, don't get me wrong. Yep. But we can't manufacture, we can't chrome, we can't make things as fast as we'd like to. Um, the labor force is, is smaller, which yep. should, should be larger, and it's not. Yep. The, the material supply have slowed down because you can't get people to work uh because they're afraid of a cold. Excuse me, I have a really <laughs> one-way view of this thing, but,
0: you know. Yep, yeah.
1: Maybe I'm right, I don't know.
0: Yep. Um
1: you know if something bad happens to me because I'm an idiot, you know, and I and I didn't wash my hands or wear my mask, you know, that's <laughs> that's, on, that's on me. You can
2: Yeah. Can't, I actually um I didn't race the last national, GCC national because I actually um had it tested positive for it. now. I wasn't like dying. I wasn't, you know, it was, it was basically, I was sick for like two or three days and I stay sick. I had a fever one day, the other day. I just didn't feel like doing much. Uh, I did lose my taste and smell. But other than that, it was like a two week vacation from work. I mean, I, (laughs) I I, I hate to put it that way, but I, I got stuff done in the garage. I mean, it has been years since I've had every one of my toys and race bikes and everything together in pristine condition. And I had everything polished up. I mean, I had nothing but time. So I had pit blocks. I tore all my buddies' pit blocks apart. I tore my RZR apart. I had my truck clean. I had my floors together. Just because I had time. Like I said, I hate to put it that way, but it was almost like a two week vacation.
1: For some people, it's that way. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, we could get into this conversation way deeper than either one of us want to. But I'm glad. Yeah. You're yeah. I'm glad you're you're healthy, and I'm glad it worked out for you. Um, but but if we get down to the nitty-gritty and, and we talk about you, um how did you get into ATVs?
2: I I I rode ATVs and I had dirt bikes and foolers um since I was three years old. Uh, we had a big group around here. Um, me and my best friend growing up. We we rode, I mean, every day. It doesn't matter if it was two degrees out or hundred. We rode every day. Um and ever since I'd say probably around middle school area or no, before that, I'd say, um, probably fifth ish grade and up. I wanted to start racing and my parents weren't about it. And they, they kept blowing it off, blowing it off. Um, and finally I was, uh, I just got a four fifty, um, and it was getting ready to turn 16. Um, and I, I didn't really give my dad an option, which I, I don't recommend to do that, but it worked out good for me. Um, I said, "Dad, I'm going to race next week," and it was in Indiana, um, end of February, and it was it was snowing, but I I, I wanted to do it. It was my first one, um, so I prepped the quad all by myself, which back then was just basically I made sure I had oil in it and made sure the brakes worked. <laughs> so um, we uh, he, he wasn't about it, and even the day of the race, he was still he wasn't mad, but he just wasn't himself. You know, he what he wasn't excited about it. And, uh, the, the, the minute I came off that, that racetrack, I was freezing cold. I had an inch or two of layer of ice stuck to my whole body, freezing cold with the biggest smile I ever had on my face. And instantly my dad fell in love with it. And I think he knew all along that he would like it and I would love it. It was just the financial standpoint of it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a huge burden racing, but, um, we ended up, like I said, we both fell in love with it. And, and ever since that day, he was all about it. He's helped me out a bunch. Um, and I want to be where I am racing without my parents and, and all the support from people. Um, that's but that, that's how we got started in it.
1: That's awesome. Where exactly are you?
2: Vetersburg, uh, Indiana. So I'm sure some people have heard um, of like the, the Badlands in, in Indiana. Um, and that's in Attica, which is about 15 minutes north of here. Um,
1: to Martinsville are you? I'm sorry, what? How close to Martinsville
2: are you? I am about an hour and a half um, um, northwest of there. About so, 30 minutes north and an hour west of there.
1: So you've heard of Bob Sloan then?
2: Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah.
1: Who hasn't, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. In the racing world, who hasn't for sure? Well,
1: young lady I just talked to earlier today. Didn't know who Bob Sloan was, but that's really, okay. she's a motocross gal and she wasn't even alive when, when he was racing and, and, I gotcha, you know, not everybody knows the history, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, we've been around the industry started in 69 mm-hmm. and not everybody realizes that,
2: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Well, you really. go. Back. I mean, I, I've heard the names and stuff, but I don't know much about them.
1: Oh dude. There's so much that you can go back and learn. Um, uh, uh-huh. it started in the three wheeler days and th- 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 I'm getting off track of, off of why we're talking, but it, 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 you can go back and listen to episodes like Mike Coe and, and Jimmy White and, uh, Danny Duncan, my dad, and, mm-hmm. and you can get some real feels for some of the, the age and some of these things. And I'm looking for the even older guys that rode the uh-huh. three wheelers. Uh huh. So I want to bring some of those guys. You can listen to Tracy Dixon's uh, episode too okay. because he has some good insight. And 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 there's they're talking about machines that that nobody's heard of. Yeah, we haven't heard we haven't talked about some of them since the the, the you know beginning of the 80s.
2: So yeah, that's that's a while back there.
1: Yeah, that's a little before your time, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit.
1: <laughs> How old are you? If you don't mind me asking.
2: Uh, twenty-two.
1: Dude, you're still a baby.
2: Yep. What, yep. My
1: youngest child's older than you.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: I, I have yep. a grandson that's eleven. So.
2: Oh wow! There you go. I've
1: been I've been around a day or two.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
1: when you after that first race, and you almost froze to
2: death, where yeah. did
1: where did it go from there?
2: Um, so dad instantly, I don't know if you heard of Marshall Goings. Um, he used to race, um, he raced up until 2014 he raced a couple locals in like 15, 16, but he's actually lives about three, three miles South of here. Um, and that's kind of who I knew growing up that I was in the racing world. Um, and so he was, he was actually in 2014 fighting for the X2 championship against Cole Richardson. And, um, so I became really good buds with him that year. And so I bought some parts off him. I should say my my parents bought some parts off him back then. I was, I was, you know, lucky to have a hundred bucks, but, um, bought some parts off him, got a quad, got a quad fairly built. I mean, it wasn't anything like I have now, but it was, um, it was good enough to, uh, win two of the three local championships that year in C-class. Um, and, and, and we just, we ended up falling in love with it. Um, dad ended up upgrading his truck and then upgrade the trailer. Um, and then I had a lot of people, so I was getting some overalls up into the top three that year at some of the locals. Mm-hmm. Granted that wasn't at no, and, and, you know, GCC or anything. It was at ICR races. Um, uh, that max C series was around then Midwest. Um, and I was getting some top threes there. So it's, it's funny. I actually was pulled out of scoring a couple of times cause I thought I was cheating cause I was running lap times close to the pro class guys. Um, and, and they always ended up putting me back in cause I had, I checked out, you know, um, but I was able to, I jumped up the last race of that year. I was able to jump up to pro class and was able to actually win the last ICR of 2014, um, the pro class and overall. So going into the next year, I had the big debate of going to a class to pro class locally, which if you run pro, pro class locally, you can do, uh, like college at nationals gccs so i went ahead and and did pro class local because i've always been one of the one of the guys you know if i'm there i'm gonna learn something and i'm gonna do my best so that's what i did you know granted i went in the, the first year pro class um there was times i'd get you know top five but there was there was times i'd win some of the races um so that year my first year in pro in 2015 i came out i think with um I want to say it was two, two of the three again. I won the pro class in the overall championship that year. Um, And then then that's when I started kind of going to some of the national races. And and that's where it it really started.
1: So what class are you in in the nationals in in the GNCCs right now?
2: Um, So I finished uh, my uh, year this year in XC2 and won the championship there.
1: That's pretty awesome, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was um it was it was something that I look looked forward to, you know, trying to accomplish ever since twenty fourteen. Like I said, when Marshall was um was battling for it. Um and so being able to accomplish that was that was my main goal since I started. Um now I've I've obviously got some, some bigger goals now, but um up until last well, yeah, we've been two months ago and in end into October there, I was able to lock that up at Iron Man, my home home state. And that was it was it was insane.
1: That's awesome. I seen those pictures. I like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had people from my high school that I hadn't seen since we graduated, come out and support me and buy shirts. And I ended up selling the week before Ironman and I sold over 450 shirts. Um, and it was a spur of the moment thing. I just wanted to get, um, we actually went like a, a bright neon yellow, um, shirt, just so I could, you know, see how many shirts were out there while I was racing and stuff. Like I said, we we sold over 450 within a week. Um, and shout out to Jeff Roland at High Octane. He, um, he got those done for me, designed and printed and everything. Um, and there was a couple other people involved, but, but uh, that was pretty cool to be able to get that done too.
1: That's so awesome. That is so awesome. So yeah. you mentioned you had goals for the future. Fill us in.
2: Well, you know, going into this year, we weren't even going to race nationals. It was um, – it was, it was uh, two days before the first national and I looked at dad, I got off work. And I'm like, man, we're just going to leave. We're going to go to the race. We're going to leave after work on Thursday. And I'm, we're just going to go. And he's like, really? I thought we were, I thought we were done with nationals. We're just going to do locals and, and kind of calm down and kind of move on with life. And I'm like, yeah, let's just go ahead. We're, we're out. Nothing. We have nothing else going on this weekend. I have nothing to lose. I didn't train all winter. I hadn't been on a bike since the, Ironman last year or the, the last XR last year, which would have been a 19. Like I have nothing to lose. Let's just go see what I can do. Um, ended up getting beat that race by 17 seconds, uh, in XC two. And I think was, was almost like 11th or 10th overall, the first race this year. Um, and that just lit, that just lit the fire right there. Um, <laughs> and I had, I had, you know, I had buddies texting me and people messaged me, Oh, you got to do a full series. Now you gotta do a full season, blah, blah, blah and well uh, they all talked me into it and and here we are. So um we're we're able to lock up that championship this year, so we're going to go to XC1 next year. Um, you know, and my goal, I got to be realistic, you know, I'm not going to I can't set my goal to go out and win. I mean, we all love to say that. Um, uh, but you know, I'm hoping for a couple top 5 finishes. Um, it's going to be a learning year. Uh, you know, it's it's a big people don't realize it, but it's a big step going from XC2 to XC1, starting up there. Um, I was able to beat a couple of XC1 guys this year in the overall points um, in some of the races. So I'm pretty confident in, in you know, being a top 10 guy, but I, I'd really love to have a couple of top five finishes and, and uh, just see where the year takes me.
1: Because I'm not 100% familiar with how they do the numbering there, yep. do take the top 10 or top 20 guys, regardless what class they are, and give them a, sing, uh, give them a top 10 number, or is it just the, the pro guys are the numbers?
2: No, so anyone anyone can earn that number. So it, it could be a call J guy that could get 10th overall. Um it, it's all based year? off your overall finishes.
1: What number are you?
2: Uh ten. All right. Are finished, you yeah, finished ten on the year?
1: Huh? Are you gonna run it?
2: I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I <laughs> I love my number. Um I've had it since day one. We may do like a a, a 10 designed in the seven oh three. Um, we haven't desi- decided yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with my graphic guy and see if we can get something worked out. I may run it. I don't know. Um, we're still well, in the the process of all that. But
1: let, let me let me pass on some old guy wisdom. Uh huh. Sponsors like small numbers. That's true. Okay. Seven oh three is a cool number. Yeah. For a
2: C guy, so it's a big number. It's it's a big and, uh, number for,
1: though. Also a cool number for a C guy.
2: That's true. That's true, I guess. It's a good you, way to look at it.
1: You worked your butt off and you achieved something that not every guy gets to do. Especially uh-huh. when you're starting in the second row. You have to fight through all the other pro guys that started in front of you. And and throughout the whole year, you accumulated enough points to put yourself in a position of honor.
2: That's true. And and from my at it.
1: perspective, if I were one of your your sponsors like that, I would almost be putting in the deal. Yeah, you're running ten. Yeah, The deal yeah. depends on the ten. I,
2: I've had a lot of people tell me to run it.
1: Uh, you know what, I, I uh, Austin, from a guy that's been around a long time, uh, uh, I think that you've earned it and you should run it.
2: Yeah. And next year, yeah, like, I'll probably will. Like I said it's still in the works.
1: Next year, when you get inside the top five, you run that number, you know, and and you can keep your 703. You can keep it for your local races. You can keep that for your, your building block and your story of how you got there. Just you'll keep your 10, you know, Hey, I earned this. I worked my butt off for it. And, And then when you're like Walker Fowler and you're putting that, you know, Fifth or sixth or seventh number uh-huh. in the wall. It may happen. It could happen. You don't know, right?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, gotta, that's gotta, true.
1: So that's how I look at it. You know, I've saved a bunch of numbers and I've done a bunch of different things. But when I finally got my number one, I hung it up and then I ended up retiring. Uh-huh. But, you know, I got yeah. and, and was done, and, and there you go. So be super proud of that because you can't go back.
2: That's true. That's that's a good way to look at it.
1: It's just like when you win a race, make sure you celebrate that. When you win a championship, make sure you celebrate it. I mean, I'm not talking about running out that you know a year from now you're still partying on the same championship.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But but at least spend that day or that or that that two day or two times with your family or your in your team and enjoy it because one of the biggest things that, that my team missed when we were mm-hmm. racing is we were so busy getting ready for the next race, we forgot to enjoy the
2: win. Yep. I I can relate to that. Yep.
1: You know, and for and the, the yep. other guys, I just want to pass on, hey, enjoy it because it doesn't, it doesn't come around all that often. And
2: Yeah. There was, go ahead. There was times this year, you know, midway through the race, I'm like, man, I'm tired. I'm over this, you know, and then, then I'd, I'd kind of kick myself in the butt and be like, all right, awesome. You, in 10 years, you're going to be doing something not related to racing, wishing you could go back to this day, racing right now, suck it up. You got an hour left and just deal with it. And, and when you, you know, accomplish what you want, then you can, then you can take a chill pill. But right now you're in the middle of the race and you got to kick it up.
1: Exactly. I was so, in, uh, I was in Chile for the Dakar and uh the section was uh there was a problem with the the, the section so my rider was out on the on the course it was a 12-hour day uh-huh and and I finally finally got into the pits and I could finally breathe again you know because you, you get your rider out there for 12 hours you're you're stressing you know injury oh, yeah. failure you know you name it he finally comes back in, and, and I find, I ask him. I says, "Hey, how was it? How are you?" And and yeah, everything's good. And and I'm just thinking, when you what were you thinking out there? Uh-huh. What kept me going was this is just one brief moment in time in my life. Yep. Little small amount of pain that I have to endure. It's gonna end here shortly. It's okay. Yep. I'm not going to be this tired yeah. the next five days or it's not going to go on. It's, it's only going to last. It's just a brief moment.
2: Yep. And, and any rider that says that they've never talked themselves, talked like that to themselves throughout the race is lying. Cause I, right. everyone has even Walker Fowler. I'm sure he's, you know, towards the, the midway through the point of the race, he's like, you know, I'm getting tired. Like I wish I could just sit on the couch, eat some potato chips, but <laughs> it, it's the mindset that you have you know, that each person has that, that shows their true character. And, and that's why, that's why Walker's way is because he's got a mindset of, well, I want to be a champion. I don't, I hate losing. So here we are. Exactly. And,
1: and, and you, you're going to define yourself with your mental toughness and how well you reach into that gut bag and pull it out when you're tired. It sounds to yep. me like you did some of that this year.
2: Yeah, there's you know, it, people don't realize but there's a huge mental game to to racing, um, and for me, especially at nationals, you know, locals, um, it's a different different racing for me. Um, but going to nationals, it, it, it's a huge mental game. Um, from you know leaving on a Thursday night after work to just just being at the races, you know, having to travel local races. I'm I'm driving traveling maybe three hours at most. We're leaving the morning of the race. We're coming home the morning or the, the night after the race. But with nationals, it, it, you make a weekend of it, and you got to go and you know travel thirteen hours or fifteen hours or five hours or whatever it is. You know, it, it's just a, a huge mental mental game. And if you let someone get in your head or 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 let someone get you down, then, then you're gonna you, you could have the, you'd be the fastest one out there. But if your if your head's not right, you won't ride worth crap. I mean, that's just the, that's just the only way to put it.
1: Well, it's just like any sport in the world, man. Hey, mm-hmm. greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. Okay, you know Kobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple other guys you can name, uh, golf, yep. Tiger Woods. You know Jack Nicholson. These guys had a mental edge on the field. Yep. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton. You know Mark Marquez. I mean, these are just guys that are these athletes that I like to watch. You know, and and uh-huh. y- you can just see the difference in their mental preparedness. So like I tell all the young guys, you got to fix your, your toolbox, your way. Yep. Well, if you have to, you know, go sit in the bathroom and freaking pound your head on the wall for 15 (laughs) minutes of the race, you know, you sleep, whatever it is. You know, I used to turn wrenches for a guy named Doug Eichner and he, he would do practice. He would do whatever, you know, he would be doing his thing. But he was never in a hurry to get to the starting line.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that just the way he did it?
1: It's just the way he did it. He just was not – you know, when we raced GNC, uh, he wasn't as much like that. Um, When we raced some other stuff, he wasn't as much like that. But when we raced Works – um, yeah, he was just never in a hurry to get to the start on. He'd be buckling his boots, walking up to the line, and they're lined up, you know. And I got my hand up, waiting. We were in Line, Washington, one year, and, and they're in gear, ooh, you know. And I'm putting my hand up, you know, and the guys like waving them off. And Doug comes running up, jumps on his the, the bike, you know, pops uh-huh. it in gear. And freaking revs it up, and the gate drops, and he freaking gone, whole shot it, <laughs> it, let it from yep. start to finish, and you're just like, um,
2: okay, and you're a nervous wreck, making sure, you're hoping he's going to make it there in time, and exactly. he's just chilled,
1: exactly, and, it, and 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 you know he was a he's a grown man, he's in his he he was in, in his late thirties, early forties at that point, you know, so he just knew the timing, knew where he was at, and and yep. it was a big deal, so. What what the moral of the story is? Calm your waters, set your mind at ease, and do your thing.
2: Yep. And and honestly, I so this was my second full year in GCC. Um, I did a full year in eighteen. Actually, I skipped nineteen. But in eighteen, going into that year, I had a road bike, and I was I was actually at um, Hobart Welding School in Ohio. Uh, With two of my buddies, so we had nothing but time after school. So I I would ride bike and um, would do some riding here and there when I would come home on the weekends in the winter. And I would I'd try to stop drinking pop, you know, and all this and that. And like I said, such a mental game that I I I did worse. And I'm not saying that that works for everybody. Um, I definitely needed to get on the the quad more this year because I didn't like last year. I didn't train once, didn't ride once, other than going to the races. But when it comes down to people saying like, "Oh, don't drink pop, don't, you know, don't don't have a beer or or whatever it might be," for me, it's 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 more of I live my life, um, I enjoy my life, and when it's time to race, it's time to race. I buckle down, do it, and then after the race, it's time to prepare for the next one. But it, it's it's not like I I, got, I get home and I gotta train twenty four seven or or what you know only drink water, um, and and that's what I found works for me,
1: and. and- you know what? Doug Eichner again. We're sitting at the restaurant, you know, and all the riders go to the same restaurant. We're in Mount Morris, uh-huh. PA, and everybody goes to the same place to eat. And you see the guys drinking water and they're eating pasta. Doug's got a big full plate of ribs and a soda pop, you know, and, and you know, he got had his Pepsi right there. And and everybody yep. shaking his head, you know. Yep. He did that for as long as I've known him. You know, he drank a Pepsi. Uh-huh. sometimes if we race late in the afternoon, he'd already had a Pepsi during the day. Before I was going to
2: the- say, I'll, I'll wake up and we'll stop at a McDonald's or a Taco Bell. The day of the race, I'll get a um, a breakfast sandwich and a Coke from McDonald's or a Baja Blast from Taco Bell. Um, and now I won't be drinking that you know, 30 minutes before the race, but I'll have that first thing in the morning. This is what my body's been used to. I've drank pop forever. I'm not saying, like I, like I said, I'm not saying it's what works for everybody, but it works for me. I drink a two P lights for the race, drink a little bit of water, and then it, it's race time. And and um
1: you have your mix that works for you. I will tell you this when you're not a baby, you won't work for you. You will make yeah. you will make dietary adjustments. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. Uh, yep. It's okay though. You know, I mean, you, you have to live your life, you have to enjoy life and and guys, right now you're racing for a trophy basically. Because the big mm-hmm. payday is it not there yet, you know. No, nope. and even when you get to the number one spot, it may not be a big payday. It may be a little payday with some benefits of from parts and things. So, yep. you got. You better be having fun.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's the thing. It's it's about fun because if you're not having having fun, then you might as well just get out now.
1: Exactly. Can I ask a couple questions about the weather and your training
2: yeah. in the snow?
1: Yeah. How does that work for you? Um you know, I, I, I don't. Okay.
2: I I like I said in 18 I did a little bit, but that's that's the only time. I like I said I hadn't been on the quad this year other than going to the races. Really? Um you and, and honestly I,
1: you do anything else or
0: nothing?
2: I've had four knee surgeries now. My my knees are junk. Um but when I get on a quad, for some reason, they don't, they don't hurt. But, um, no, this year I've, I've actually, um, starting up, I'm, I'm doing some welding jobs on the side, uh, working full-time job, keeping two quads together, racing, uh, a couple local series here in Indiana every weekend. I'm not at nationals. Um, so no, I, I, not once did I train this year. And like I said, I don't recommend it. Um, it's, it, it worked for me, but, um, we're gonna have to do some, we're gonna have to do some, some um, laps in the quad this year for, for training, for going into XC one. But, uh, yeah, this year and, and people still don't believe me. Um, I don't need to prove myself that I didn't, but I, I know deep down myself, I didn't, not once did I lift a weight, not once did I go run. Um, I just, I went out there and, and, uh, I, I just, I knew I could do it. I told myself I could do it. Um, I've always, I've always said, you know, be confident, but don't be cocky. Um, so I went out there with a, with a confident attitude, um, made, made a bunch of friends, uh, made some enemies, but, uh, that's just (laughs) how I did it. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen any of my posts. I've had, had the hashtag most hated. Um, it's just, it's one of those mental things.
1: Do you move them out of your way or do you pass them? Pass them. You don't move them. You pass them.
2: No, I pass them.
1: And that's what they don't like because you pass them clean and then drive away
2: yeah um and, and like i said at the at the end of the day it, it's it's racing and it happens you know it, every class has this little you know little little tussle but um we had some issues we got protested this year um we had some transponder issues that was totally out of my hands um but um you know the, all that did was fuel the fire um because like i said beginning of the season i was just in it because i had nothing else to do and Every race, it just fueled the fire a little more, a little more, a little more. Built my confidence up a little more, a little more. And then it, it turned into an animal. And it was it was go time. What was your ending uh, record for the year? I want to say I won five races. So I, I won five races. The rest were all seconds
0: and one sixth. Really?
2: Yep. I want to say that's right what were you six was in florida i can't ride in florida that's just, <laughs> that's just not me that's just not me I, I know going into that race is just a, uh hopefully start and finish the race and that's about it
0: what happened? i know i need to have a good
2: i just i don't have a i mean you know i talked to most of the xc1 guys like yeah we have for the most part we have a sand set up for their shocks and and they they're down there training in the sand and i've the closest thing i have to sand here is that is badlands like i talked and it's all pea gravel and it's 20 degrees all year and a foot of snow or whatever so um I, I don't have the i like to hit stuff wide open i like whoops but when it comes to florida it's just a different game i don't know and like it's it's all mental probably because i know i I've, I've actually rode good in florida one year um and had some knee issues that that put me out early but just, it's, it's one of those things that it's kind of stuck in my head. Now I know I need to get out. I'd like to get down to Florida. I've I've had uh, plenty of invites to go down there for, you know, a week here and a week there. Uh, but I do work, like I said, I do work full-time jobs. So trying to get off for that, uh, along with getting off throughout the year on Fridays, you know, to, to get to the races makes it tough. So I'd like to get down there for, you know, even if it's just a long weekend, this, this winter, um, just to do a little bit of testing in the sand before we have to go down there and, and Make our bodies go through that. Um, Moving but.
1: up class, I think that you, I think that you should make it a point to do that. Uh, yeah, it's always good to, it's always good to take the most adverse thing that you do and attack that and make it a priority yeah. because once you master that or once you get to where you're comfortable there, then the rest of it's going to come into play. And if if you want to be that guy, if you want to be the next Walker Fowler or or whoever. You know, you are going to have to. Yeah. You're going to have to ta- attack your mental brakes, your mental dams, and knock them down, yep. and, and move forward yep. with it. Th- 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 that's that's not an easy thing to do, especially with. You know, I never, I've never dealt with a rider that didn't have a full time job. I never, yep. I never got to be a race mechanic where. I could just work on my team's bikes.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I've always had a full-time job that worked 50 hours a week. And then you did the race stuff afterwards yep. and and you're, and you're doing it for the company you work for, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I get it. I totally feel for you. It's, it's,
0: mm-hmm. it, it,
1: the love of the sport is what keeps us going.
2: Yep. 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 How- exactly. Like you said, you got to have fun
1: exactly but but you when you love what you do sometimes the misery that you that see people see you go through you're like why why do you do that i go gosh it's the greatest thing ever
2: <laughs> it sucks but it's great i love it
1: oh yeah you know bloody knuckles and freaking loading the truck <laughs> and it's 100 degrees out or or freezing cold and, and yep. you thrashing to finish that bike and and you know you know you gotta and then you
2: go sit in the car out. for 15 hours
1: yeah <laughs> you know And there's no, and you're not going to get to rest. You're not going to get to do, you got to drive. Yep. Totally love it, man. I don't, I don't see a a life, um, where it's not fun.
2: Yeah. I mean, without racing, I I don't know where I'd be because I, granted, I still have some, you know, some great friends around here, but, um, I'd say 90% of my friends and, and people I talk to every day are, are racing people you know, so I don't know. I don't, it's, it's weird to think of life without racing, but it would be, it'd be very weird.
1: Those relationships you have now with those people that are your extended family, um, will go on for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, just, just a couple weeks ago, I was, you know, if someone told me, uh, in 2014 when I started that I'd I'd go to Adam McGill's house and stay the weekend there and and go ride side-by-sides with him. I would have laughed at you. Um, but just a couple of weekends ago, he invited me out and me and my buddy went and made it a long weekend and then and, and he had a big side-by-side ride and we stayed at his house and, and had a ball. And and like I said, in 2014, if you would have told me that I would have laughed at you. But there's no way. That's awesome. So yeah, the relationships you build are, are it's insane. The friendships okay. and
1: yeah. next time you tell talk to Adam, tell him yeah he needs to come out and take a how to ride in desert race school with me. He'll I will. Go, I'll tell him. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. You know, it's it's just an inside joke. Um, okay, yeah, I'll tell get, I'm supposed to get him on the show here. We were supposed to actually tape on last Friday and unfortunately something happened. Uh, he told me it might. So
0: uh
2: uh-huh. gotcha. schedule with him. Yeah, I like Adam a lot. Uh
1: that you know, that's the first time that I had actually got to talk with him. Okay. You know, i first time ever. I mean, I think we've met at some other point, but um we uh we had a good converse phone conversation with him and and uh he has some of my brother's cylinders on one of his 250Rs and stuff okay. like that.
2: So we, we yeah, can... he's all in the 250Rs. He was showing me all about it when we were there. Brother, that's your, that's the legacy. That's what started you. I know. I tried to give him, let me ride him, but he said no. He Said I'd break him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. You know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he said they're, they're his babies. He said.
1: Well, I cut my teeth on 250Rs, so. Uh huh. You know, well, I could. I cut my teeth on the old four-stroke three-wheelers, but really the 250R was, is still – we're still building 250Rs today for people. Uh-huh. Like, full restoration. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – I mean, I just did two Lobos in the last two years. I have another Lobo, uh, which is a roll design chassis. I don't know if you know what that is.
2: Um, and, uh-huh. He, and of, Adam tried to fill me in on some of that.
1: <laughs> well, that's some of the history, you know, that it, it, yeah. it, you're 22. So, um, you were born in, um, what year? 98.
2: 98.
1: The first yeah. Lobo chassis rolled on the track in, um, geez, the last one came out in 2003. The first one came out
2: in 95. Wow. You know? Wow. So yeah, three years before I was born.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 and, and it was a work of art and was smarter than you, you, you had to be a technician to make it work. Right. The uh-huh. so adjustments and it was so intricate. He, he, he simplified it for us. Thank God. You know, <laughs> took some of the adjustments away. Um, but yeah, it was some, you know, Doug roll. I don't know if you know much about him, but he, he is, a,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he is, he is a smart dude. You know, Who is it? Doug Roll. Okay. Roll design. It's, yep.
0: I heard that. Yep.
1: I mean, he he's been on the East coast, but most of his stuff is, is sold and used on the West coast.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I, I was sitting in a trailer one time when we were figuring out, they were figuring out uh, the valving and the shock, the spring they wanted to run on the specific shock with the valving. And they had to do some mathematical equations and the shock guy is doing it on a calculator and Doug Roll is giving him the answers off the top of his head. Wow! And I'm just that's like, impressive. Yeah, because I had no idea what they were talking about. I couldn't. What? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it. If you ever get a chance to ride one of his lobos or or do something with him, he's a smart dude. Really smart dude.
2: Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to steal steal one at Adam sometime and and go riding it.
1: Oh yeah, because you know, for, for an experience for you, mm-hmm. you have to bank that so that you know what
2: what these... How guys, far things come?
1: Yeah, I mean, but I think a Lobo will outhandle what you have. Really? The power characteristics, not so much because the way the four-stroke accelerates and the lack of vibration that you have with a four-stroke, um, that's why you see Well, I take that back. The older guys were still older on the two-stroke days in the ATV world, but they're even getting older now. You know, you see Uh guys into their 40s um, where they were ending – most guys ended their their career, you know, in their later 20s. Mm -hmm. You look at guys like Denton and Gust and and Eichner and Bird. uh, The four-strokes gave those guys – not Denton missed it, but – but Gust and and uh, Bird and Eichner and, and some of these other older guys all benefited by the four-stroke. Uh-huh. You will, too. I mean, because it's it's not as hard on your body.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to try it out sometime.
1: Shock technology has gotten so much better. Yeah. You know, and, and the guys at Elka are doing something, and then the guys at Axis are doing something, the guys at Fox, yep.
2: you know, and, and they're all... Everyone's trying to, to advance.
1: Yeah, and they all they all actually are. You know, yeah. that's a crazy thing, they're all getting better. Um, the engine stuff is getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think about the engine combination that you're riding now is still relatively new in existence in the in the motorcycle ATV world even though it started roughly in 99.
2: Uh-huh. You know, so there's Yeah, that's still a lot to learn and Honda needs to come out with a quad Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <sighs> Something yep. needs to happen there. I don't know. but
1: I think a Honda coming out with a new quad would help rejuvenate if you could get Suzuki to come back with another one. If Kawasaki yep. would get your head out of their butt and build one that was decent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, their bike actually For sure good, but the motor was slow, and they put weird electronics on it. Yep, yep. You know, I mean, you scratch your head thinking, come on, guys, you know, really? And didn't yep. Matt do some stuff with the KTM?
2: Yeah. Yep. He did early on.
1: Yep. Yep. And he did. He had some success with that.
2: He did. He did. Yeah. He actually had a, a hood from one in his um, trophy room. I saw it that weekend. I hate those bikes. I hated those. <laughs> I wow. never rode one.
1: I, my, I, I bought one for my son for a short short period of time. in the Short lived. Yeah. Very short lived. Very shortly, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So, what I'm trying to say to you, what, what the gist of the conversation where we were going with, you need to ride as many of these older machines and these different kinds as you can to get a better feel, so you appreciate what you do have, or you yeah. take things that you learn and adapt.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll have to, like I said, I'll have to steal Adams one time and try it out. Oh, dude! I think
1: you'll love it. You, you, you may come back going, you know, maybe I don't want to ride that Yamaha anymore. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Well,
0: yeah,
1: it was yeah, he. Uh,
2: I think Adam likes him more than than riding his Honda. I think his his four stroke anyway.
1: I totally believe that because that's what he told me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I believe. Yeah, uh, he said it multiple times, and and some people think he's joking, but I think he's pretty serious about it.
1: Well, like I said, until you go ride one, it's hard for us to have the conversation because y- you're guessing on what I'm thinking it is. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're thinking, oh, it's just this old school bike. The, the technology in that. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Dude, we, if we had hybrids, you'd be riding frames like the Roll Design Chassis or, or the Walsh yeah. and they'd smoke with you. Not maybe yeah. on the floor, but on handling you know, because they would yeah. change the geometry around a little bit. Um, do I think that they should do that? No, I don't think the industry should
2: go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's been talk of it here and there. And that, like I said, Honda just seems kind of the quad uh, or, or, or one company. If Suzuki would, maybe Honda would, or, or just if someone would, that would be great.
1: Well, the 2021 Yamahas haven't hit the floor yet. That's true. Okay.
2: People keep trying to get me to ride Yamaha and I won't. What
1: do you ride now? can't do
2: it. A Honda.
1: Well, you know, y- you may have to change.
2: I know. if it, can, it comes down to it, but right now I'm still a diehard Honda guy. What year? Uh, I've got uh, anything 08 plus. I've got a 14, got an 8, um, got another 14, and I got a 7. Uh, so actually I say 08 plus, 07 plus.
1: Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I love the Honda. I've won championships with the Yamaha I've won championships with the Honda. So I, I love them both. Um, if we're going to race desert, I'm not, I'm not going to use anything
2: but a Honda mm-hmm. just cause the, there's a lot of Hondas out there in, in the desert than there.
1: Well, it's a better off-road machine. I, I wonder what they're doing wrong and why it's not more successful in the pro class in the GNC. Or in the GNCC,
2: the Honda,
0: yep, yeah, I'm not sure,
1: you know, because you happy. got a Rider ride a Suzuki and dominate balance one on a Yamaha, Walker's winning on a Yamaha. Um, yep. and, and there's been a couple guys that do okay on Hondas, but they can never sustain it, and I just don't know why. Yep.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know, I, I think a lot of it has to do, I mean. I hate to even say this, but the Yamahas do, you can tell they handle, they've got them, they've got them dialed pretty good. Um, I even said that towards the end of this year, you know, some of the people in my class, um, you can see when you ride behind them or if they come flying by you or whatever, you're like, man, that thing is, and, and some of that could just be that I need to tune some of my setup. Uh, but it seems like there's, there's a lot of times that, that, uh, the Yamaha takes something a little better than the Honda does. I think, um,
1: I think it's totally in your setup because if you get the right shock guy or the right shocks, those Hondas work awesome.
2: Yeah. um, And, and we're always, we're always improving on my shocks. Um, some of that has to do with just my lack of time to, to do a test and tune. Um, but we're always changing stuff, trying stuff. So, and then like I said, I'm, this is only, that was my sixth or seventh full, full time season or, you know, full year racing. Uh, most of those were, were local races. So, I'm still trying to get a good setup for nationals, um, but that's only being my second year racing full time at GCC. Right. So there's there's still a lot to learn there. So, um, but you know, I'm happy with the progress I had and uh, ready to see what we can do next year.
1: Do you change anything on the front end? what What spindle combination do you run?
2: I'm so I'm still running 0405 Honda stuff.
1: Right. Which, unless you go to the, have you ever ridden with the Suzuki stuff? I personally haven't. So they say I have. <sighs>
2: I can tell a small difference, um, but I have a huge stock of Honda parts, like the Honda front end stuff. And I'm going to at least use those up before I make the switch, because like I said, I have rode it and there's not a huge difference to me. Um, but that's something that I've, I have considered. And like I said, I have rode. So, um, uh, the big thing I, I, we, we changed up, um, the front shock valve in quite a bit. And I say quite a bit, not like every race or anything. Um, We just try some different things here and there, and I and I always test those at a at a local race versus going to straight to a national with it with a new setup.
1: That's that's what you got to do. It's, it's evolution. You gotta you gotta grow. You gotta try, and you know, yep. your motor packages will change very as you change. You know, some of the things yep. you like now may not be what you like later. You know, so yeah, you just keep evolving and, and keep going. Yep. Yep. Um, what do you do to prepare for the water?
2: You like when it's raining muddy race.
1: Well, you guys deal with way more water in your world.
2: than. Well, in Indiana is, I swear, the worst mud, mud state out there. Um, last year, 19, I think, I don't think we had a dry race. It was, it was a slop fest all year round. Um, and it's funny if you if you look go to some of the national results gcc results and and go and find where there was a mud fest race or whatever usually the indiana guys or indiana people that race their results show that they live in indiana mm-hmm. and if you if you talk to adam ask him about that because he'll even say you know indiana mud races are are insane i was actually able to beat him last year at one of them um and I, I thought he was ahead of me the whole time. I didn't even know I was, I, he was behind me. Um, but it's just a different animal and, and you get used to it. I personally like mud races. Um, now, I don't want them every weekend because that gets exhausting with the cleanup. But um, yeah, it's what we grew up in. I mean, it, it rains here a lot. This year we got lucky um, besides the COVID stuff. The rain, though, held off pretty much all year. We had pretty much dusty races. But for the most part, Indiana is known as a muddy, muddy place um, for racing. And, uh, when nationals, we didn't really get any this year at nationals, a muddy race. And it's, it's, uh, it almost gets me excited to think about a mud race at national, because there's so, there's so many in any race, there's, there's so many variables, things that can happen, but in a mud race, it changes the game, um, kind of levels the playing field, I think. Um, and, and a lot of things can happen.
1: Do you have a special water setup for the bike? with with some specialty things that you've done
2: no other than i if it gets bad enough i'll run bigger tires um but other than that i i run run the same setup Uh, i will adjust my shock pressure a little bit um for the for the weight side of things with the mud um but other than other than maybe adjusting a little bit on the shock the front it would just be the front shocks too um for air i'd add a little more air into them Um, and if I needed to, if it was really super bad, really bad rutted out, I'd run, uh, bigger tires other than that though. Uh,
1: like a 23, 20, like a 20,
2: yeah. Yep. Um, and then, um, other than that survival and that's, that's what I like, you know, it's well,
1: what what I'm, what I'm really trying to get at is that maybe what you're trying to avoid answering is, is there something in your setup that you do that's different than your other guys for. Protecting the radiator and keeping the water out of the airbox, maybe?
2: Um, I run what used to be called an Ackerman Guard in the front of the radiator. Um, A lot of people still see it to this day and wonder what it is. It's um, what Marshall Goins and that sick racing team was using when I started. Um, All it is is basically a um, a fixture in front of the radiator that holds um, um, a furnace filter on a screen. Uh, plastic screen and and keeps and i run but i run that all year i run that dust races mud races perfect condition races um that's my setup i don't tape anything extra i don't tape the airbox extra um, the setup i have on my quad is what i run no matter the condition other than i like i said the tires so I you would most change most the those water different. out
1: of them you, you're, you're really the, the water staying out of it you run the lid on or lid off
2: lid off um, I use a foam on top and bottom of my air filter. Um, like I said, it's knock on wood. I've had really good luck with it. Um, my engine builder, Todd Demery, that's what he, he kind of started doing, but back in the day, he's ran it ever since, uh, his whole team, like 16 ran it. Um, I've, I've talked a couple guys into running that, that setup, like I said, with the front of the radio there and the air box setup and rain or shine. That's what we run. That's
1: awesome. I mean, yeah. you got to have a setup that you believe in and works. I mean, yeah, you know, we run quirky little things as well, but I don't, I don't do water, you
2: know, we don't. Yeah. Do yeah. Water. You're not used to it out there.
1: One every three years you you get a bad water race and you're, uh-huh. you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to figure <laughs> out
2: how to deal what with to it. What to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, I mean, for the most part, you know, some people around here will tape their front end and stuff, but, I refuse to add any extra tape to the front of my quad or around the air box or whatever. Um, because I'm already running, like I said, that Ackerman guard, I don't want to restrict any more flow. Um, I've ran that from day one and I've trusted it. I still trust it. Um, I, I, would, you probably couldn't get me to change that setup. There's a lot of things I would change, but that's one of them that I, you couldn't talk me into changing.
1: That's it. Hey, you got to believe dude, you got to believe. I mean, yep. I'm a build. I'm a bike builder, and and I'm pretty stuck on the way I build bikes. Yep. Went back and if I went back to the GNCCs, I would probably take me a season of learning to figure out. Yep. The 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 do's and the don'ts for for my combination. You know, yep. I get it. I, I totally get it. I'm not. When I was younger, I was a little more rigid in the way I did things, but since I've got older, you know, I, I will look and adapt if need be. Yeah, he does something better than you you got to be bold enough and, and smart enough to to go
2: try know, it or learn
1: about it yeah that guy that guy's pretty doing pretty good that that's a pretty awesome thing let's let's keep that a whirl you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah or yeah, adapt sure. from it
1: well you know what if this
0: is what i think he did
1: wrong let's try that and, you know and and you go from there and, and that's how we all evolve that's how we have all gotten where we go
2: yep for sure yep you all like we talked earlier you always got to be you know, trying to advance and, and look for something that, that can, you know, give you that half second, every turn or that, you know, whatever it may be, just something to uh, keep you going.
1: Exactly. Let's get off topic here a little bit. What are okay. you going to tell me about that young, that, that young buck hanging on the wall there?
2: Uh, that's my first, uh, first deer. I don't even, can't remember when I shot it. It was, um, way back for racing season, you know, racing started, um, it was actually my cousin that took me out. He got me into hunting. Um, and then I was actually, um, super into hunting and fishing and, uh, anything outdoors before racing. Um, and then, you know, how it is, I started racing and that just, it, it takes over your life. Um, so I haven't, I haven't really, I go hunting, you know, every now and then I'll get, you know, get to go hunting once, twice a year. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's a good memory to have. I've got one over there too. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it, racing just takes over and yeah. I'm not complaining one bit. I love it. Like we talked earlier, you got to love it. Um, but that's, that's what I did before we, we started racing.
1: Well, oh, that's pretty awesome that you have your first one like that. That's, yep. That's cool. I, uh, yeah, I, I was going to get to go with my uncle. Uh, we were going to go on one of those Canada trips. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, and cause I've never, I've never really got to go. My grandfather died when I was before I was, uh, before I showed an interest, and uh, uh-huh. dad's not a hunter, but my uncle was an avid hunter, and we were talking about. Okay. It. I guess I drugged my feet, and he passed away,
2: and I, <laughs> I didn't get to go. Oh dang! Boom. Dang. You know, well, I, like I said, I, one day when racing, you know, when, when everything sells and I'm older, I'll definitely get back into it. I mean, Indiana is known for having a lot of big bucks and everything, and and every, you know, all my buddies hunt and everything. Um, so I'll definitely get back into it one day. It's you know, I still got all my guns and all my bows and everything. But uh right now, you know how it is. Racing's is my main focus.
1: Was that a bow or was that a rifle?
2: That that was a shotgun I used for that one. A shotgun? Yep, shotgun. Yep, like, twelve gauge. To me. Um, so they've got like turkey loads and um deer slugs. So the deer slug's just a single bullet and then like a turkey shot, which is would be my turkey over I don't know if I can it's over there. Um, I shot a turkey too, but like, there's different. There's different um, um, shells you use. So like, so the turkeys a burst of little BBs, and then right. like a deer slug is just a, a single, single big slug coming out.
1: So how close did you have to be for the deer?
2: Um, I was. That was an 80 yard shot with a 12 gauge and a scope.
0: That's pretty damn good. Holy crap! Yeah,
2: yeah. So a I lot of people use uh, shotguns around here. Yeah. Well, in, until recently, uh, I have not even got to hunt with a rifle around Indiana because until recently they didn't, um, they weren't allowed. Um, but here recently they started allowing, uh, rifles. How's, uh, explain. Because it's, they consider it such a, a tight, tight area to be using a, a, okay. a big firearm. Um, and then, you know, some things have changed in the world and everything. So they, they finally started allowing them, but, um, yeah. That, that, like I said, that was, that's what I did back, uh, before 2014 started. And like I said, I'll get back into it for sure.
1: Well, I learned something totally new. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: Never too old to learn, are you?
2: No, exactly. You learn something new. If you're not learning, you're, you're dying. So you better keep learning.
1: Exactly. Well, Hey, I, I never thought that you could go deer hunting with a shotgun and a scope.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: I, I, I would like to, uh, I would like to try that because I'm a shot. Yep. I'm more of a shotgun guy. I have some long guns. Okay. But I'm not, you know, most of my toys are shotguns.
2: So gotcha. Yep. Yeah. I've actually got a couple with, with scopes on them. Um, so my, I say my honey, my, my gun love, my gun love has never disappeared. I still like to buy guns and shoot guns. But my hunting, hunting takes a little bit, you know, it's, it's more than just getting, getting to go, oh, I'm going to go shoot for 30 minutes or whatever, you know, hunting around here anyway, we have to, we, you know, we have to scout and you have to set up stands and all that. So, so I still should like to shoot and, and buy guns and sell guns and stuff. So I've still got a bunch of that, but uh, when it comes to the hunting, it, it takes a little more time than just uh, said, Oh, I'm going to go sit in the woods for a couple hours, but well, it's it's a little more than that.
1: If you bow hunt, um, because I've listened to some podcasts where they, these guys are avid bow hunters with uh-huh. Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink and guys like that. It, do, do you practice with your bow very much or do you go bow? Yeah.
2: Bow? And I haven't shot my bow in a couple of years. Um, I, I still shoot my guns, <laughs> like I said, but my bow, um, I've had some shoulder issues too, um, mm-hmm. that I needed to not race with and I did. So, um, probably should have had surgery on them by now, but we'll just, uh, ignore that fact. I'm just, I can still race. So I'm good. Um, but, um, it, it's a little tough to pull back a bow.
1: Well, you need to go get your shoulder checked and do the thing because I have, I, in 2004, I fell off and dislocated and broke my shoulder. Two weeks later, I was racing in France. Oh. And I never went to the doctor at all. And in 2014, the pain was so bad. I finally got so sick and tired of the pain. I went to the doctor 10 years later. Uh-huh. And I thought that it was just a dislocation. And that's why mm-hmm. that it had been broken. And, and gotcha. The only repair is replacement. But if I Ooh. let it replace it, then there's no more mountain biking. There's no road biking. There's no working out. There's no riding quads. There's none of the none of that
2: stuff. No the stuff you love.
1: Yeah. So I'm just told him I says, Okay, well, that you know, that's not an option. And he goes, Well, yeah. here's my card. Come and see me when you're seventy.
2: <laughs> yeah. and you're like all right well huh? you're gonna be if you're gonna be dumb you gotta be tough right hey, 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 really you do <laughs> you Better be. it's true yeah 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 like i said I've, I've had four knee surgeries already um need to have a fifth i just don't have time this winter to to get that worked in it's just just a meniscus so i'll get another year out of that and then we'll uh hopefully maybe get that that taken care of next winter
1: yeah i keep putting mine off i need to i have yeah. one leg and and uh I just started taking a supplement to Mm -hmm. to, it actually slows all the pain in my joints down. Okay. My, my meniscus is still bothering me, but it's not the same. Uh, Mm -hmm. So unless I run a certain way or run too much, which trust I'm a fat old guy, I don't like to run at all. (laughs) I go train and and there's some running involved. And usually, usually the way the training works out is, is, You'll do a series of of exercises, body exercises, you know, where you're uh-huh. your own body weight. And then he'll make you run. But you got to carry something. Yep. Generally, my yep. leg's okay for that. But when he makes us run that fast hard lap because it's a timed thing, uh uh-huh. Usually get one or two of those in. And then by the third or fourth one, yeah, my knees popping so bad that I can't I can't yeah. anymore. So yep. it's not painful, God. it
2: just pops. You know it pops and it's it's just uncomfortable it's 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 a weird feeling clank
1: clank, clank. and I'm like <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think it's supposed to do that
2: you know <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's uh my left one was uh I broke it when I was younger actually before racing, and i uh, had a bone chip in there, and they couldn't go take they couldn't do anything with it because it was close to the growth plate um and it a freak thing, but it grew across the growth plate uh three years later, and my knee was growing crooked or my leg was growing crooked. So they went in one surgery and um took the bone chip out because they had nothing to lose at that point, hoping that the growth plate would still, you know, pick up and start growing. Well it never did. Next year they went in, cut my femur ninety percent of the way through, put a wedge in it and, and put an L bracket in to straighten it. And then the winter after that, they went in and took that that L bracket out, and like I, I keep saying winter because I was racing in between there. so <laughs> the winter I'd have surgery, I'd be down for two months, we'd jump right back into race and race all year, and the winter would hit again, and we'd have surgery, and I did that three years, and then I had to do it again last year to get the the right knee meniscus taken care of, and the left one's now um, needs to be taken care of, like I said, but we'll we'll hold off a year on that one.
1: that's you're a pretty tough guy, man.
2: Like I said, if you're gonna if you're gonna be dumb, you got to be tough, and this is what I love doing. So I guess I'll be dumb and tough.
1: Well, you know what? That's what it's all about. Man, you got to do what you love. Yeah. You're, yep. you're still young, and you in and, and if you plan it, if you plan your career right, and you stay healthy, you know, minus yep. the, the the few things that you have, you can go another eighteen years. Yep. It maybe. 22, maybe 23, just depending on how you do once you get past 35, 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, you yeah. just won a works title, you know, the works pro title, and he's 40. Uh
0: huh.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Doug Eichner won a few when he was in his 40s. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. How old do you think Gary Denton was when he won, won his last title on a 250R?
2: I have no idea. He was
1: 38. Oh, wow. You know, and wow. look at Weenan. How old is he? He's 35. I don't
2: know. 37. He it could, it wow. could be 35 or
1: 37. I can't remember. And yeah, and Fowler's no spring chicken either.
2: No, no. Nope.
1: You know, nope. all the, the best guys in almost all the series or everything that you see, there's 30 and above.
2: Yeah, that, Yeah, that's true.
1: I mean, I don't, how old's Joel? Joel Hedrick, you know?
2: I don't know that answer. I think he's, 20. I would say he's, he's got to be at, at least in his late 20s, I would say.
1: Yeah. I was thinking he's like 29.
2: Was, yeah. I, I I would say probably close to around there.
1: Yeah. And, and Brandon Brown was in his 30s or was 30,
2: mm-hmm. retired. Yep. Or 33.
1: Yep. I
0: don't,
1: in his 30s somewhere. Yeah.
2: So yeah. Either all, way, you get the point. It's close to thirties.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a few phenoms that are younger that that do good. Like Jeremiah Jones was young, and he was mm-hmm. super fast. And and Mike Sloan on the West Coast is young, and he's super fast. Which he's, 20. I say young. He's 26 or 27. So uh, yeah, he's a little younger than the curve, but but he he's getting older and growing into his his manhood. And you know yeah. what? You're 22. You haven't even got your man strength yet. <laughs> yeah. You, you're just a young, strong kid that, that doesn't know no better. Just, just wait. Yep. Till, when you get that man strength, you're going to be like, Holy crap. Now I get it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not ready to give it up yet. I, I you know, there's always talk about this year I'll be done or after this year, I I know better now. We can't be done racing. I mean, this is why, this is why I've lived the last six, seven years. And <laughs> I like said earlier, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it. So here we are.
1: Exactly, dude. So do it as long as you can, as long as you want to. It really as long as you want to, you know. Yeah. Because sometimes the want to goes away before the can't. and yeah. It really sucks when you want to and you can't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So enjoy it while you can and and, and want to.
1: That's why I've been doing it my whole life because I can still do a yeah. portion of it, and, and I know I see I see the the light at the end of the tunnel's coming. You know, I get it. Okay? Uh-huh. Or there is a, there is an expiration date on me, and you know I, I get it. I, it. It breaks my
2: heart, but you know it is what it is. Yep. Yeah, but well, you can't think about those days. You just think that the next time you go racing.
1: Well, you know what I do to do this, and I get to talk about all the cool race stuff.
2: Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Hey, there's always the bright side.
1: Exactly, Austin. I would like to uh, thank you so much for taking your time with ATV Talk and I want you to yeah, please no make sure to slot us in mid-run mid, mid run next year. I know there's a downtime yep. during the deal. Yep. I want you to reach yep. out to me during that time and get, get an update from you. Um, okay. I want to know what it's like for your first time lining up on that pro line and, and, and what, you, what goes through your mind. So if you keep a journal or anything, make sure you, you note that so that okay. you have something good to tell me. Um, Yeah, Max Lindquist is is gonna give me some information when he gets on the pro line. He's only 17 years old, so he's he's a really
0: that's crazy. That's crazy, you know. And
1: and so I really like to know those things from you, young guys, because I know what it was like when I got on the line and what I was feeling.
2: And Uh it's just there's nothing better, you know. There's nothing better. Even still going to a a smaller local race around here, it's still the same feeling. You're going racing. What, what more could you want? Exactly. I, I it could at, be 20. It could be a hundred. You're just enjoying the day.
1: Well, what's the alternative?
2: You sit at home and eat potato chips on the couch.
1: Or mow grass. Do you want to mow grass? Yeah. I don't want to mow grass.
2: I'd rather go try and win a race. There
1: you go, dude. Let somebody else mow the grass. I'm going to go race. <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right.
1: And, and trust me, grass doesn't grow real
2: big here. <laughs> well around here I unfortunately it does and we do have to mow quite often
1: <laughs> I think we're gonna get um I, I think that we're gonna get rain this week and that's like unusual for us ruins your whole day when
0: you get rain out here Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it's just horrible but you know you guys you yeah guys, I
2: think we're gonna get some snow this week <laughs>
1: You know better you than me because
2: yeah yeah i know tell me about
1: it i'd lie to come on the couch turn the tv on and go yeah bro i ain't coming to work today it's snowing
2: <laughs> got, a, got a centimeter out there and well i just can't come in
1: dude it melted already yeah but it's <laughs> can't can't make it
0: <laughs> yeah there you go
1: that's the sissy i am <laughs> all right oh. brother i know it's late for you i am. Uh, I deeply appreciate the time.
2: Yeah, uh, no I've problem. i had
1: an outstanding conversation with you. Make sure you pass on to your parents. Uh, what an amazing young man they have from me. Uh, and, and I hope that uh, you guys enjoy ATV Talk and listen to it as a family and a group because uh, you have a bright future, I think. And uh, make sure you keep yourself healthy and, and stay on the past.
2: I'll do my best.
1: All right, brother. All yeah. right.
2: Thank you very much.
1: No, thank you. Have a great night. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
0: Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
1: San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858-571-0160. Duncan Technologies
0: International.